Hey friends, for this episode today, I want to share a great chat I recently had with Matt and Jen Schmidt of Intimate Covenant. This is a beautiful Christian husband and wife who, like many other married couples, had some struggles during their now 25 plus years of marriage, but by the grace of God, their marriage is flourishing and they're sharing their journey with the world. Y'all, their story is, it's absolutely incredible. It's so incredible. I had to have them on the show. Through their story, they have helped hundreds of couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. Yes, that's what I said. (laughs) Intimate Covenant is, it's their way of sharing God's plan for covenant marriage and holy sexuality. And yes, that's a thing. (laughs) They're, They're going to... Um discuss that a little bit further with us today and um, they 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 truly believe that God's plan can change your marriage too and um, I'm just so excited to have them on the show listen to this quote this is a quote from their website it says our story is not a fairy tale romance we were broken but now we know redemption Our relationship was disconnected, but now we know healing. Our marriage was okay, but now we have extraordinary intimacy and oneness. Doesn't that pique your interest? (laughs) Even a little bit? (laughs) Well, that's that's all I needed to know uh, to ask them to be special guests on the show. So that you can hear directly from them. So take a listen, take some notes, because you're going to learn a lot. I sure did. Here we go. All right. Welcome, welcome to my awesome listeners. I'm so excited today. We have three special guests (laughs) uh, for your listening pleasure today. Right beside me is my husband, Benjamin. Hello, everybody. So you're used to hearing his voice, and I know I've received several compliments about having my husband on the podcast, so I love it. Thank you so much. But today is super, super special. So you know, the past several weeks, we have been talking about the marriage pandemic and just different struggles that a couple can have um, in their marriage. And I, we've had some really good discussion, mm-hmm. not just with our listeners, but with each other. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> had yeah. Really good conversations, but conversations that have been ne- needed. So mm-hmm. it's it's been really good. So the, I think today's special guest is going to be a great segue leading from the marriage pandemic series, because we're going to continue talking about marriage, but a different topic. So yes. today we have Matt and Jen Schmidt in Hello. our Hi. Yes. Hey, it's so good to see and hear y'all. So for yes. my audience, you cannot see them, but we can see them. I'm really excited because of the beautiful it. Thank y'all so much for being on today. Oh, thank we're so, you. Um, we're so humbled and just honored to uh, to be a part. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Good, good. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive right in. I know my listeners are probably thinking what in the world, because I've already given them a little heads up about what's going to be discussed. So I'm sure they're ready for us to just talk about it. (laughs) That's right. We're we're ready. So Matt and Jen, can you give my listeners a little rundown of your story? Like what is your story as a couple and why do you feel it's so important to share it? I think our story is probably very much like everyone else's story in that we are a normal married couple. I mean, you, I guess, depending on how you define normal, (laughs) we're a a normal married couple, but we have a story just like everybody else Yeah, that we got married 
which was full of optimism and happiness and expectations, but the cracks in our own personal lives of brokenness that were in our lives and the brokenness in this world eventually mm-hmm. wear down and wear out yeah. the joy and the happiness. And in a lot of cases, it certainly wears out the connection that we um, started with. Um, but uh, despite finding some low points in that connection and uh, missed connections, right. we were able through the power of the gospel to find restoration and redemption and healing. Right. And, and I think what we bring to the table is that we are normal. We're willing to share that with others. Um, and, and we want every married couple to write that same story of restoration and redemption and healing into their marriage and into their relationship. And so, um, I don't know. God, God called us, I guess, and we stepped out and said, "Let's let's live this in a way that others can see and be a part of." Um, we are not experts. We are no. not marriage experts. We're not um, licensed therapists or or even preachers. Yeah, <laughs> don't even have that label. <laughs> we, we, we just want to try to be compassionate, well-informed, and diligent Bible students. Yeah. Um, so that can we I- can bring that to other marriage relationships. Yeah. And I love that. Thank you for that. That is so good because it is so needed. It is so needed. Um, I can remember back before we got married, Mm we, we, both of us were not, were you a virgin? I should know this answer. You should know the answer. (laughs) The answer is no. Yeah. I had to think back to that conversation. Anyway, (laughs) I digress, but there were there were times where we struggled. And yeah. so we, it, before we got married, we had marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it was that basic marriage counseling where you go and see your preacher, which is great. You know, he's great preacher and friend, but we had mm-hmm. about three sessions, I believe. And I just don't recall diving into the bigger aspect of marriage. So it's not just yeah. about, you know, who, who are, who are his family? Who's his family? Who's her family? Mm-hmm. Are you sure you can have Thanksgiving with them? Um, just, there were just basic questions, lots of basic questions right. sure. needed, very needed of course. to think about, but there's so much more to marriage. And yes. so from what you just said, yeah, you're, you're two different people now coming into this marriage, this, into this union, but from different backgrounds, different different paths. So Jen, Jen, you and I have had a little discussion. And so you, you've had a different upbringing than Matt. And when you're bringing two different, um, backgrounds together, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and maybe the two of you have not really had those deeper conversations, but now you're in it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so talk about navigating through that in the very beginning navigating through oh i didn't know this was what was what i was supposed to do sure sure yeah i mean right you and i have shared with one another um you know i i grew up in a home where um you know married parents christians um you know from the outside looking in happy family um but within our home um I knew marriage was a beautiful thing and I knew marriage was the right thing. Um, and that somehow sex was a part of that, but it was something that you just really didn't talk about. Um, and other than the very basic, you know, safe sex for marriage shrouded in that sense of somehow coming across as like sex is a bad thing, but you save it for marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that these messages we get of, um, in an effort to try and keep our kids from experiencing anything about sex before marriage, we tend to present it in a negative way, which was the home that, that I pretty much grew up in. And I love my parents dearly. I know they were doing the the best they thought. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I know my mom has since said to me, 
her mom never even said the word sex to her. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> so, they, you know, they were probably they, doing better than they, they got. Right. But and and Matt right. had a um, probably a little bit more open experience. Yeah. He, he grew up in a home where sex was talked about mm-hmm. um, and it was seen in a much more positive way. Um, but but even still, we enter into marriage and and now, you know, we within the church, sadly, kind of act like, OK, when I do is said y'all go and figure that out. And so we started our marriage from, you know, a very confusing place. Um, You know, for, for those that have um, listened to our podcast, we have been very open and shared on our podcast that there was like Matt alluded to, there was a lot of brokenness um, to start our marriage. Um, I had been sexually abused in my childhood Mm -hmm. um, from an extended family member. And so that brought a whole sense of shame um, into sexuality for us. Um, so many things I didn't understand and frankly just hid from. Sure. And, um, and we, we both had come into the relationship mishandling um, mm-hmm. our sexuality and, but also not having a lot of guidance or, or tools or mentorship in how right. to create and build a new and better yeah. relate sexual relationship within our marriage. Right. Uh, and, you know, I, I, Ben, you're a preacher, so you've probably performed marriage ceremonies. Yes. But at least the marriage ceremonies I've been to, the, the preacher standing up there doesn't have a switch behind that Bible that he flips on so that the couple now knows how to access and engage their sexuality. There's no <laughs> switch to flip. And, and so we get all of these mixed messages, like Jen is talking about, mm-hmm. going into marriage, you know, it's it's bad it's dirty it's ugly it's dangerous but you're supposed to save that bad dangerous thing for the one that you love and you're going to spend the rest of your life with and that message doesn't make any sense right right Uh, and so there it's very difficult to then go from zero to perfection uh in in the course of you know one marriage ceremony And, and we think that everybody else has this figured out but us Um, because we within the church have done a really good job of cloaking everything about sexuality in so much silence Mm -hmm. and and then shame and so when we are struggling in our marriages we struggle quietly and shamefully because we look on Sunday morning and see all the other great dressed couples and see their Facebook profiles throughout the week. And we think, well, they clearly have this all figured out. Yeah. We're the ones that mm-hmm. don't have this figured out. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I think we started from a place of brokenness, but tried to do our best to climb our way out of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm really enjoying your podcast. I've been listening to it and uh, I've kind of been bouncing around with the episodes. I listened to uh, episode one to hear more uh, about the story, but I think it's also important too with what you two are doing uh, as disciples. Where you know, as a preacher, I can share a lot and, and teach and things like that, but it, it is good to hear from other Christians yeah. and you know, in, in a different way. Uh, I grew up in a single parent home, so my dad was not around, so I never had those discussions about sex. Uh, my mom and I we would actually talk quite a bit about things awesome. and we would play we would play catch, catch in the living room and just kind of throw a tennis ball back and forth so and, awesome. and she would talk oh, about what a, great what a good mama you have yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. so we'd talk about things I'm curious I know you have some other questions but I'm curious real quickly uh Matt and Jen Matt you were talking about how you know you guys did talk about this in your home uh what did that look like was it something that was like on a regular schedule uh how often did those conversations arise uh, if you can remember that yeah, I mean, I, that's a great question. I, I think that speaks also to probably how sometimes we get this wrong, that th- this was this was not like a quarterly, you know, formal <laughs> meeting, right? You know, this was this was uh, driving in the car and song lyrics come on the radio. And my dad would not turn them down, but turn it up so we could all hear what is actually being said here. What does that mean? What does that look like? is that the right way to approach this same thing with movies or whatever it's not that we would always fast forward through any allusion to sexuality it was hit the pause button let's talk about what this means what does this look like and what is the what is the purpose of sex what is the 
uh, purpose of sex in relationship. Um, and so th these were more just casual conversations. Again, and, and I think it goes back even to the idea of the, the Deuteronomy 6 idea of you know, when you wake up, when you walk around, when you go in and out of your house, that those are the things you, you bring God and spirituality into whatever the conversation is at the moment um, and, and bring God into the topic of the moment, not push it aside like we can't talk about it, because I think there absolutely is a right way to talk about anything Right. In a spiritual way, from a spiritual perspective, God's word is relevant to every topic. Mm -hmm. There is an appropriate way to do that. I mean, there are certainly topics and ways of talking about topics that we can do on our podcast that you can't do from the pulpit. Because that would just not be appropriate. <laughs> right. We talked about that. Right. But, <laughs> Nikki's like, please don't but, go there. <laughs> but you could preach a sermon about sexuality or a, and from Song of Songs, you could preach a sermon about that in a way that would be appropriate to your audience in that moment. Mm -hmm. yes. Correct, right. Um, so, but right. obviously we can talk about topics in a different way on our podcast than you can yeah. right. on a Sunday morning Bible class or whatever, obviously. Right. Right. So let me ask another question. I'll go back to Nick here. I'm, I'm curious with your children, what has been their reaction with your podcast? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> Um, so for so for your listeners who don't know Nikki, we have four children. Our oldest is 24, um, and then all the way down to our youngest, who's 14, almost 15. Three girls and a boy, Aww. and um, so it has been an interesting um, experience for them. Intimate Covenant is about six or seven years old, I would say. Um, and so really it's been in the last five years that we've really been publicly teaching. Um, the podcast itself is about a year and a half old now. Yeah. So that obviously put us into a whole lot more homes <laughs> and ears. <laughs> um, and so it, that has been very interesting for our kids. Um, there's definitely been uh, just uh, an awakening of who we are and what we're talking about well, and you, you people can recognizing our kids yes. as, oh, that's Matt and Jen's and kids. You <laughs> we have a college-aged son and you can imagine yes. what his friends like to tease him about, yes. about what his parents do. Yes. That said, our kids have um, almost entirely been very supportive and understanding yeah. and some of our biggest supporters and cheerleaders, they see the impact that it has. They also see the impact that we, that our conversations with them have had in their lives and their understanding, right. not just about sex, but in relationships in general, right. the benefits that they have over their peers are yeah. evident to them. Right. Um, and their peers come to them for advice or questions about relationships. Yeah. Those um, very ones that would maybe be making fun of like, oh my, your parents have a sex yeah. podcast <laughs> are the ones who then will also say, but your parents talk to you about that. That's pretty cool, you know? And so, um, so that, that's been interesting for our kids. Definitely. It's kind of a, a burden they've had to shoulder. <laughs> but we, we certainly also can't neglect to acknowledge the sacrifice that they have made yeah. Uh, in not only just the time that it takes for us to do this and to be with other couples to put on the events that we put on sometimes the travel they've right. had to tolerate a lot of that um, and they've certainly made a big sacrifice and you know there that said there's good and bad to this and so they're going to take some teasing from time to time but mm -hmm. they have in general been very understanding about that yeah they're the unsung heroes of that's, intimate that's a covenant good, good way to put it <laughs> that is so good that's a great question ben so you mentioned intimate covenant so talk to my yeah. listeners about intimate covenant how was it birthed how did it come about <laughs> yeah <laughs> the name that's like, a great question it started yeah. it started out as a bible class i mean we, uh -huh. we've always had sort of a fondness for mentoring other couples yeah. married couples, even when we had no business mentoring other couples. <laughs> we very much needed mentoring ourselves. And that really came from a place of, like I was talking about a moment ago, just we recognized from the get-go that how harmful the silence was. Yes. And so even when we were in the middle of trying to dig ourselves out, we just wanted to be a light. We wanted to at least be that taillights that were helping point other couples towards there's, there's a better way. Um, there's a fuller way of understanding what God had in mind. And so, yeah, 
early, early on in our marriage, we just kind of always would try to connect with try to take a, a couple under our wing and, and just kind of help move them along. But yeah, about six or seven years ago, one of those couples said, Hey, can you kind of put this together as a Bible class so we can have some of our other friends join in? And, and we said yes to that thinking it would be two couples that showed up and 19 couples showed up for that Bible class. And we said, <laughs> Oh, you know, people and, want to talk about this. So. And, uh, and really then within that class, when we got to the part of really talking about sexuality, um, we saw just the relief wash over these couples because we had all been in those Bible classes, right? About marriage. Yes. And we've all heard the same topics spoken about, and we're talking about headship and we're talking about submission and, and those are great things, needed topics, but we've all been in the Bible classes where the word sex was never even mentioned, except for that's what married couples do. Right. And so when we were willing to really dive into what did God have in mind with sex, that's when the class. What's the purpose of sex and how does that enhance the relationship and how does that help us understand God mm-hmm. those and, and what does the Bible say about sex mm-hmm. and the and the kinds of sex and all of those things all those questions that can't very always easily be answered in a Sunday morning Bible class right when we were willing to talk about that that's yeah. what people wanted to talk yeah about. and the class kind of exploded from there word got out and we were asked to teach it again and again and again oh. um, which was super cool and and we thought that would be the end of it. Um, then it turned into an annual retreat. And then yes. <laughs> people kept asking for more. So we now they convinced us to do a podcast. And so right. that's right. kind of how things it, came to be. Was this class in your house or was it at a local congregation? And did you guys have any- It was at a congregation. It was, it was on a weeknight. Okay. Yeah, it was on a weeknight. So yeah. th- that way, you know, you don't have the random visitors, you know, strolling through. Also, it was it was- a time where we could have the kids somewhere else and right. no kids, no kids, no singles. No singles. So we couples. could, we could really dive into some of those important topics. Yeah. You know, you asked if there was pushback. Yeah. Did you have any pushback with what you guys were teaching and things like that? Um, the short answer is yes. Um, and not from the couples who were there necessarily. It was uh, more pushback from people who were uncomfortable with some of the topics that we were addressing. Mm, Um, Right. As the class went on, we specifically started building more and more material around the questions that couples were asking. And we found that the questions couples were asking were almost exclusively about sex and about what was and wasn't okay in the bedroom and how do we better understand our sexual relationship with one another. And so you know, we were willing to go there because again, there's nothing we can't look at through the lens of God's word and say, is this right? Is this wrong? Why? Um, How do we live out sexuality in a holy way? And so, um, you know, I think that's where we started getting a name for ourselves, (laughs) that we are the people who talk about sex. Um, And there's certainly, that makes people uncomfortable. And, uh, and that, that's and that's why we've kind of geared the podcast that direction. Yeah. It's not because we don't think other parts of marriage are important, but that's what people are asking us about. That's right. what we're willing to talk about. That's, that said, in other venues, such as the Bible class, we want to talk about all God says about marriage. Same right. with our right. retreats. That's, you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're looking at the whole relationship and connecting on all of those levels. Yeah. But at least as far as the podcast is concerned, that's where we talk about. But even if you listen to the podcast, you understand that we're talking about sex, but how you do sex is how you do life. And the, the way that you are addressing your sexual relationship is often the way that you're addressing your whole relationship. So there, the principles apply broadly right. to all parts of the relationship. Right. We're not out to talk about the techniques of sex. Yeah, that's a good right. point. Yeah. Um, right. We're out to talk about the purpose. And again, through... and what does it mean in your relationship? Right. Why is, why is your sexual relationship this way? Well, usually it's because your relationship is this way. Right. And what did God have in that's mind? What, that's what you're getting at when you say, um, you know, how you look at sex, you know, is how you view life. Is that what, that's what you mean by that? I, yes, it, it is that um, often we're, we're always, we are often hiding behind barriers. We're hiding behind our fig leaves. And 
it, unless you're able to tear away those fig leaves emotionally and mentally and spiritually, you'll never be able to tear away those fig leaves sexually or physically. Mm. So we all have the, those fig leaves that we're hiding behind, those things that we're ashamed to share, those things that we're uncertain about with ourselves, we're, un, we're unwilling to uh, open up and be vulnerable in, in every way. Um, we're unwilling to be naked and unashamed, as, as God describes the relationship in Genesis 2.25. We're unwilling to go there, um, but I think that's really a picture of what the perfect intimate relationship is, is to be naked and unashamed. Mm-hmm. Not that we're unclothed, although that's obviously part of the sexual relationship, right. yeah. but more importantly, there are no emotional barriers between us. There's no spiritual barriers between us. Uh, it's about removing those barriers so that we can be seen for who we are and fully seek and know our spouse as well. It's the same kind of relationship God wants with us. Yeah. He doesn't want us holding back, hiding, um, and he wants us to seek to know all of him, to uh, understand and to feel and know and love his fullness. Uh, and that's the same kind of relationship that he wants us to seek with our spouse, to be that naked is- and unashamed. That is so good. That is so good. And I think that's a really good segue into my next question. I know Jen, she loves to define. She's, she's (laughs) (laughs) the homeschool mama and me define your terms. (laughs) I love it so much. She likes to define things. So you use the word intimate, right? So intimacy, when I think about having an intimate relationship with God, that is one of the closest relationships that I can have with him to know him. better. I go to his word. I go to him in prayer. I pour out my heart to him and I'm starting to create such a bond that I know who I can go to. And I know that he's going to hear me. He's not, he's going to look past all of this kind of stuff because I have this intimate closeness with him. Mm-hmm. So with what Matt just said, intimacy, intimacy and marriage how would you define what intimacy in the marriage union is supposed to look like? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think God defines it when he says naked and unashamed, um, just like Matt said. I mean, and another way to look at that is the, the word intimacy itself de- defines itself. It is allowing another to in to me see, mm. and it's letting someone all the way in, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it is intended to be this relationship, unlike any other relationship on this side of heaven. And so that's on an emotional level, on a physical level, all the way, that is the picture of marriage. That is what God had in mind. You know, he talks about us becoming one and that happens sexually, that happens physically, and it happens emotionally. It is, it is two becoming one. Yeah, that, that sexual union of becoming one flesh is and should be a metaphor for the rest of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, our bodies were made to correspond to one another in a physical way. Um, but that that compatibility and that complementariness also extends even emotionally. Mm-hmm. We each correspond to each other emotionally and spiritually. We have those strengths and weaknesses that complement one another. Uh, in the perfect way, not just physically, not just sexually, but also emotionally and spiritually and otherwise. Um, so yes, yeah. but that that is intimacy. It's it's about being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and too many of us are afraid to put ourselves in a weakened, vulnerable position because we're afraid of what our spouse might think if they really knew who we are, if they or if they really knew what we were thinking. Right. Um, we're afraid of the conflict that might occur there. We're afraid of the uh, upsetting the unstable balance that we already think we have, but we're afraid of upsetting that um, by introducing who we actually are to the conversation. Right. And, and really what we find is the greatest joy on this side of heaven is to be loved for who you really are, yeah. not who you want someone to think you are. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a true marriage. And that, you know, I know that this man beside me knows all those parts of me, the parts that I don't want to be there, the parts that I would want to keep hidden and yet letting him see into me, letting him be a part of that gives me a place of just of 
of being known, but it also then means he can come alongside that and help me be a better version of me. That's where the holiness really comes into play. And what, what I've said a, a number of times is that if your spouse loves you for who you want them to think you are, then they are in love with your PR department. They're not in love with you. That's right. That's right. That is so good. So let me ask then um, someone who may be listening, uh, let's say a, a new couple comes to you. Um, and this idea, I love how you defined uh, intimacy, uh, into me, see. Um, what might they need to do to start that from an early, you know, from, you know, as early as possible? Because uh, that's something yeah. we struggled with. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what, what wisdom would you guys want them to know, you know, where they could really grow that from the ground up? Yeah, great yeah. question. I, I think and that's so crucial. And, and we love to work with young couples that haven't already set into their their you know methods and and habits but I I think one of the biggest things that we try to um, incorporate into our teaching with all couples but especially young couples is to not be afraid of conflict Uh, we use the term to we use the the phrase embrace conflict which is really counterintuitive very difficult for us to get a hold of because we think that to have a happy relationship that you're supposed to have happiness all the time and you're supposed to get along all the time and minimize the times that you're fighting. Um, But I I think that that's, number one, that's unrealistic. And number two, I think it's important for us to recognize that conflict is required for growth. Because if if you both agree on everything, then one of you is unnecessary. Why did you get married? Yeah. You, you should have differences of opinions right that's and, what brought you together yes right and, and we're good <laughs> that's right good glad, good glad to hear that so and and you know if if you have two strong um capable spiritual two strong individuals that come together they're going to have differences of opinions and you want that and the strongest marriages are not the ones where the couples never disagree. The strongest couples are the ones who disagree, but use conflict as a means of understanding my spouse. Right. Mm. We're having conflict because we have a difference of opinion. Now, what I need from that is not to try to win the argument, but to try to understand what is it that my spouse needs in this conflict? What are they looking for? It's not a, we're not arguing about the dirty clothes on the floor. We're arguing about something deeper than that and understand yes. what it are we actually talking about? Where is the insecurity coming from? Where is the, the lack of respect? What, what is it that they're looking for that I can provide, whether it's by making sure that the dirty clothes are picked up or maybe even in a bigger way, how can I provide what they need in this moment? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's embrace conflict. I, I think that's where, where a lot of us misunderstand things. Yeah, yeah. And if you can learn how to do that, early on, then, then every place of conflict becomes a place where you get to learn more about your spouse. Yes. And, um, and, and it's then a place of building up together versus too often we see conflict as proof that this just isn't working right. If you can, from the very beginning, have that paradigm shift and say, conflict is proof that we are two people that have different wants, have different opinions, come from different backgrounds, but we're gonna work on this together. Then that becomes we versus, you know, you versus me. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Do you have a comment on that? No, I mean, I think that's great. I guess I do have a comment. Of course um, you do. Love your comment. Yeah, it's just, (laughs) it's, it's totally different than what a lot of people think. So when you guys are speaking, I was thinking about myself where, um, you know, I can be a people pleaser. And I think Nikki can, and I think it's appropriate in, in some areas, but it can be detrimental uh, yeah. short-term and long-term. And sure. I, I like what you guys said, the fact that, you know, if you're always agreeing on something, if there's never any kind of, you know, rub or conflict, mm-hmm. then, you know, potentially what's going on here. So uh, that's the Somebody spirit. might just be silent or checked out yeah the analogy that we use yeah yeah, the analogy we use is i mean where what is the most peaceful place in town Mm. it's a cemetery because everyone is dead and if peace is the goal in your marriage you're going to end up dead somebody is going to check out 
Mm. They, because they're just going to take their, their uh, disappointments and bottle it up with resentment and they're going to check out. Now, emotionally or physically going to leave. Right. And we learn how to have healthy conflict, right? I mean, we're sure. certainly not advocating screaming, knockdown right. battles. <laughs> yeah. You know, you learn how to communicate respectfully to one another, but the key is you're communicating. Very you're not right. just bottling it up and building resentment and distance between one another. Right. Because again, the goal is not to win the argument. The goal is to learn something. Uh, and when you lose that goal of trying to win, then you don't have to get crazy outrageously outspoken and angry you can have a discussion about what what do i need to learn here yeah yeah that's a great takeaway lose the goal to to win and then that's yeah. when you ultimately win that's yeah. good i, I have yeah. a feeling he's gonna print that out it's gonna be where <laughs> it's, it's coming or it's gonna be a sermon it'll it'll be good no, but this is this is really good conversation because i mentioned at the very beginning that Ben and I did not have that. We, we had very basic counseling from, from our minister, like I said, was needed, but this mm -hmm. goes deeper. Prior to you, yeah. you both saying, I do, this kind of conversation gives both parties something more to think about um, and to consider. So I did have another question. You know, I don't think this is the norm as far as marriage <laughs> counseling goes. Seriously, yeah, like I don't yeah. think this oh, is the format of ma marriage right. counseling. Why is that? Why do you think that may maybe some counselors or ministers would shy away from going into those deeper conversations with these mm -hmm. soon-to-be-married couples because it's so important? Why do you think it's shied away? I, I think, no, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think part of it is that because preachers are the ones doing the counseling, you know, they may not necessarily even be prepared to yep. understand what the important parts mm -hmm. of this are. And I'm not, certainly that's not a knock against <laughs> preachers. Um, no, but we've piled a whole lot on the plate of ministers that yes. I don't think is there in scripture, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, an, perhaps an elder or someone with a lot more experience or wisdom is the one who ought to be having those kind of conversations. But or even a professional counselor, mm -hmm. uh, perhaps. But that said, I, I think part of the reason why that's not being discussed is because that's a difficult conversation to have. Um, and, you know, th there's value, I think, to premarital counseling. Um, and and I'll, I'll be honest with you, Nikki, I don't think that the majority of married couples get premarital counseling mm -hmm. um, yeah. at all, yeah. even if it's insufficient. I don't think they're getting premarital counseling. But I think What's probably more important and what we stress in the couples that we work with in the premarital setting is we stress to them, we want to meet with you a couple of times before you get married so that we can kind of smooth over some edges and make sure that you guys are right for each other and that you're both prepared for this um, covenant. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, we want to meet with you one month in. We want to meet with you six okay. months in and a year in because whatever I tell you before you get married, it makes zero sense. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Until yeah. we you sit with those couples and, and we just, all of, all we see in their eyes is they're floating on clouds. They just have stars in their eyes. It's going to all be great, you know, and like, that's beautiful. I'm glad they're starting out there. Yeah. But then we meet with them three months in and now we have some reality in their eyes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and well, now it makes sense. Yes. But I think where we're missing it as a church is we are, we may, they may be getting premarital counseling, maybe. And again, a lot of couples we work with, they never got premarital counseling. Oh. But where we're really missing it is that once they're in that relationship, we just all seem to act like, well, God loves marriage and go do that. Yeah. And we don't talk about it. We don't talk about how hard it really is to be yes. married, how yes. hard sex really is, yes. how hard it is to live this day in and day out. And what are, what are we supposed to be learning from living this relationship? Yeah. Pre know? Premarital counseling ought to be about, are, are there things here that need to be worked out before we get married? Uh, are we right for each other? No, knowing what each other's places of brokenness are, and being able to look at that person and say, yes, I will pick up that brokenness and walk, walk through life with that brokenness as my own. But, but you that's can't, what premarital yeah. counseling is really meant for. But, but you can't really prepare people for 
marriage because yeah. you don't understand it till you're there. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. that's yeah. where I think that has to happen afterwards. Right. Right. So maybe that's where our podcast comes in. Maybe that's where there needs to be something else set up for that. Right. right. Sorry. Our doorbell just rang. Totally <laughs> fine. It's all good. Yeah. We, um, we were able to uh, do some counseling for a couple and, um, yes. and that's, we, we told them some of the same things, right? Same Talk thing. to us six months later. And yeah. uh, so she has been. Yeah. And <laughs> that, I think that's the so first thankful. time we've seen that. So thankful. Yeah. Good. That's really good. Yeah. 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 Yes. That's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. So <laughs> I have been listening to more of your podcasts and sharing Uh-oh. them, sharing them with my husband. That Congratulations. Laugh that laugh she just made means she's nervous about what she's getting ready to say. Uh, I totally get it. Oh, Nikki, let me just tell you that, that I share that laugh every, if you've listened to the podcast, how does every podcast start? No, I don't want to talk about this. Yeah, yeah and I love how Matt says, great. Yeah, right. I don't care. We're going there. That, that is our relationship in a nutshell. So, so in, in your first or one of your first podcasts, you mentioned that the goal of sex is not about pleasure or, or not even about orgasm. Mm-hmm. So then I, re- I rewind, what's the word? Rewound, rewinded it, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I did that five times. <laughs> because I was like, what did they say? <laughs> I did right. five times. And I just sat there in my car and I was like, I think that was the day I walked in the house and you, I came and gave you a hug and you were like, y'all right. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was just listening to a podcast, <laughs> just listening, right. to, <laughs> listening to an episode. So what is that about? Because I'm telling you yeah. that threw me for a loop. Maybe it shouldn't have, but it did. Cause I thought, no, but I think that is, that is how Satan wants us to see sex. He wants us to see sex as only physical as about my fulfillment, my individual fulfillment. Right. And so when we view sex through the lens of God, how how is the first sexual encounter described in Genesis 4.1? says that Adam knew his wife Eve. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Matt and I have joked about that, you know, when you're in seventh grade and you read that, you go, (laughs) God's afraid to say the word sex. Like he's, he's like, no, sure. (laughs) You know, but I don't think that God made a mistake in using that word. He's not being avoidant there in the language. He's being explicitly descriptive Mm. about the sexual relationship, that it is about knowing and being known in the deepest way. Uh, And we see all throughout sex that, that sex is used certainly for pleasure. I mean, read the song of songs. It's all about pleasure and and the celebration of that and the desire for that. But sex is also used for comfort. When Mm -hmm. David comforted Bathsheba after they lost their child, um, Mm -hmm. when uh, Isaac lost his mother, um, you know, he was comforted by his wife. Mm -hmm. There are so many other ways that sex uh, can and should be used. And it's not about the pleasure. It's not about reaching orgasm. It's about connection. That's what one flesh is about. That's why God uses that language specifically. And when we lose the the goal-oriented view of sex and turn it around from how do I get my pleasure either in my own orgasm or how do I get pleasure in causing someone else to have an orgasm, that misses the point. The point is, regardless of who's having orgasm or not, regardless of how that's happening, regardless of what whatever position or technique that we're using the point is are we connecting is it is it benefiting our relationship as a whole when we have sex Mm -hmm. do i feel more connected or less or has even crossed my mind that it's about connection or am i just getting off well and that's how you bring god into this he is the creator of sex and and he is the one who said this very special relationship should be reserved for the most special covenant on this side of heaven. And, and this is the sign of that. This is what these two people should enjoy. When we make sex about connection, it's not just about the connection between us. It is the connection to our creator. You know, he is right there with us 
And when sex is viewed through the lens of the spiritual nature of that connection, then it becomes so much deeper, so much richer, so much fuller. And, and that's where it lasts throughout our whole lifetime with a, a married couple. I mean, you know, we work with a lot of young, new married couples and, and you know, there's just things that 20 year old bodies can do together that right. 70 year old bodies cannot longer, can no longer do. Yeah. And we have bought Satan's lie that mm -hmm. sex is just about young bodies. Sex is just about men. Sex mm -hmm. is just about pleasure. Instead of recognizing that when sex is viewed through the lens of God and we see the connection it's meant to, to bring, that just gets deeper and deeper and deeper the longer you're married. It doesn't matter what your bodies can and can't do anymore. Mm -hmm. You have this place of, of just deep, deep connection together well, and right. with your creator. And especially along with that, if, if we step out of the, the limited mindset that sex is just an act, and for some of us, sex is like one specific act mm -hmm. if we can expand that then we can find so many more ways to connect by sharing our bodies sharing our sexuality in ways that uh, are beyond uh, sometimes how we might have limited what sex actually means mm -hmm. what might that look like i mean i think on a very basic level that looks like recognizing that sex is not just the missionary position and i think a lot of us that have grown up within yeah. the church, we've gotten that mindset that there's just one position that somehow is approved right. and everything else surely is off limits. Gotcha. That's not what we see even in the Song of Songs. We see them sharing and discovering their bodies together, you know, in all sorts of different ways. And so I think it's broadening that definition of what sex actually is. Sex is when we share our sexual energies together. That's so much bigger than just one specific way that two bodies could go together. Right. It's not just limited to intercourse. That's right. that's sharing each other in how we touch and how we kiss and how we um, share our nakedness. Mm -hmm. um, that that is all sexual. That is all sex when we are doing that with our spouse um, in the right context and for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Good question. Good thoughts. This is really good. So. <laughs> I don't know where this question came from, but I had, I actually, I had several questions after I listened to these three, because <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only person, you know, I go to your, your podcast and I scroll through and I'm trying to go in order, but things just kind of pop out at me and I'm like, okay. Sure, sure. So, but I, from your website, scrolling through and I thought, whoa, these are the popular ones. Let's check these out. So, you know, so I, I really, but this is good stuff. I, you know, I, my former self, I would say maybe six months ago, probably six months, you know, I'll be 44, six months ago, I would not have listened to these. Um, Get it. Yeah. You and I talked about that because it would make me uncomfortable and just, yeah. Even at almost 44, I'm still working through my own sexuality and as yeah, a Christian and right? things that I learned. You're not alone. Yeah. Things that I learned yeah. and didn't learn mm -hmm. in my childhood. So now I have this podcast at my fingertips and I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so I'm really excited about this, but there are three that you listed on your website. Mm -hmm. The first one is, are we normal? And for my listeners, it's number 50. So you can easily, <laughs> you can easily scroll and find it. Number 50 is, are we normal? Number 53 is finding lover girl. You, you listened listen to, to that, that a little bit last night. We were going on a date. It was good. <laughs> uh, there you go. That is a perfect date podcast. <laughs> good timing. It was so good. And then of course, number 69, <laughs> is called sex positions now this one was i'm yeah. telling you it was good but it's not what you think it's not really it's not yeah. all about what people like when they when they see that word like, absolutely oh, no. there was it's so honestly, much information yeah it's yeah. it's clickbait I mean, <laughs> we're participating in the whole clickbait <laughs> well i clicked yes it, well so. when we were getting close to episode number 69 i knew it was coming <laughs> like matthew no no not really but yeah, really, that's where he needed to go with episode number 69. But 
Right. So yeah, we do have featured on our website kind of three podcasts. In um, transparency, those are not necessarily the most popular. Those just happen to be the ones we wanted to feature. Yeah. And actually that will change periodically what what website or or what podcast episodes are there. Um, But I will tell you that there it's so interesting. And Matt is the one that names all the podcasts. You can blame it all on him. (laughs) But but, you know, there are there there are there's almost always within a couple one of you is very interested in clicking that title and the other is like not over my dead body (laughs) (laughs) and we know that um i hope really what people recognize is that um while while there's you know episodes like sex positions just like what you just mentioned it actually has very little to do with the logistics Correct. Right. And it's much more about the meanings behind why we have sex, the way that we have sex and what that says about our relationship as a whole, because we're approaching this and and our whole, you know, the, the sexuality category within the podcast world is just full of trash. It's full of, you know, the, the titillating, um, episodes that's all about the like a Cosmo magazine right 10 ways to blow her mind tonight exactly we are coming up against that and and trying to proclaim the beauty as God intended and so our episodes are not going to be what what frankly people fear people fear that we're just one more podcast filling their minds with all of the horrible things we can't talk about and and you're never going to walk away from one of our episodes knowing what it is that Jen and I do in our own bedroom. Yes. What you are going to hopefully understand and see is it's not about how two bodies go together. It's about what are the meanings behind why we have sex? What what are we doing? What does it say about our relationship as a whole? What are the questions that we need to be exploring to help better understand ourselves and our spouse? And it has very little to do with getting tab A into slot B. Yeah. Right. Right. Because again, we're looking at this through the lens of God as the creator of sex. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're saying, what did he have in mind? Why this relationship? Why were we created sexual beings? Why are we male and female? What is that meant to teach us about our creator? And what is the sexual relationship within marriage meant to teach us about our union with God? You know, and so, so yeah, some of our titles are definitely uh, clickbait, clickbait, <laughs> but hopefully when you take a listen to them, you recognize that it's, it's much deeper. Absolutely. And that, that is why I wanted y'all on the show, because I know there's many other women out there who yeah. are like me, who just be like, I don't know if I can, can I listen to this, but this is so good that I want to spread this as far as I possibly can because it's so needed. Thank you. Do you have a comment? Thank you. Glory to God. I mean, Amen. I'm just, he, um, I, I'm, I don't know why we're the voices. <laughs> I frequently question like, how did we end up here? More specifically, how did I end up here? <laughs> uh, I was at, um, the, the WOW Women's Conference in February at, up in Dallas. And I had multiple time women come up to me and say, oh, Jen Schmidt, it's so good to meet you. And I thought, what have you done, Matthew? <laughs> How have you taken me from this person that could hide in a crowd to, right? oh, that's Jen Schmidt. <laughs> it's the sex lady. <laughs> if you know me in real life, you know this was not anything that I saw, where are you going to be in five years kind of language? But, yeah. uh, but that said, this is the, the place that we have said yes to God. And mm-hmm. however far he wants to take this and however we can be a service in his kingdom, um, we're willing to talk about this. Yeah. And, um, and the glory is, is his because it is time as a church that we reclaim the beauty of sexuality. We mm-hmm. reclaim, you know, we have handed over to Satan everything that what he's not the creator of we right. should not be handing this over to him. satan did not create sex he did not create sexual desire mm-hmm. um and uh we've just given him free reign yeah and without having any voice and without giving any meaningful instruction yeah. to young people and to married couples right. yeah that's so good did mm. you have a comment yeah it's okay go ahead are you sure yeah um so 
what's a question that you think most people are afraid to ask y'all? <laughs> Based on our email list, there is not a question that people are afraid to ask us. <laughs> we have heard it all yeah. and then some. Um, I will tell you, so on our website, there is a way to submit anonymous questions. And every live event we hold, almost every live event, we do a Q&A. Um, and we give people ways that they can submit questions anonymously through a QR code. Um, and when we put that place of, you know, they anonymity, can, yeah, that, yeah. That, that opens people up. But yeah. that said, I mean, we can, when we talk to married couples, many of them, most of them, when, when they recognize that we are willing to be vulnerable, mm -hmm. um, that opens up kind of the kinds of discussions that you would not necessarily expect from people that you would not necessarily and expect. And what's always so interesting to us is that, you know, as we've been traveling across the country, holding these weekend seminars, so often someone gets really, really brave to submit a question. And that's the same question we get in the other states that we've gone to. Or because, three other people yeah, ask the or, same question at the same event. Exactly. You know? Because we all have the same questions. We've yes. just never been given a place where we could really ask these questions and talk about them. And so the big joke is how much I hate Q and A's because a live Q and A is like pressure. Yeah. It's <laughs> an open me. invitation to embarrass Jen. That's, <laughs> yes. that's what it is. Mostly it's me getting to look at Matthew like, you're gonna go there, you're gonna say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we recognize the power that, you know, people have questions that they've just been afraid to ask. And there's so much relief that there are places to know I can ask these questions and I'm not alone having this question. Correct. Okay. So I got a question for you too. Um, great. <laughs> me? Me? Oh. I'm going. Oh, <laughs> he says great. <laughs> no, you're all right. And I know she has a couple more questions. Um, so my question is, so I have a preacher friend, I think you guys know who he is, you know, who first told me about you guys. Um, we have not been to one of your workshops. Uh, Lord willing, we're going to sign up for your um, intimate covenant club, if I'm remembering it correctly. Oh, great. That'd be awesome. Wow. New what? knowledge. Yeah. New knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you have to, all right? What are you doing? I mean, uh, it's cool. I but mean... here's my question. How many preachers and elders are coming are showing up in these workshops that's a great question you you would be surprised but uh, and yeah. and the it's mixed so mm -hmm. many events that we go to some preachers from the local congregation come and some don't mm -hmm. uh, some elders show up to some of these events and some don't mm -hmm. and i don't know all the reasons why people are not coming but um for the ones who do come we have only had positive feedback yeah. from those. One of the things, and um, Nikki, you can help get this word out there. Um, <laughs> one of the reasons that people are most afraid to come to one of our events is they think that it's gonna mean that they have to share. And we have very purposely structured all of our events, whether that's a weekend seminar or our annual marriage retreat, um, It is. There is nothing, there is no table sharing. There is no turn to the couple beside you and discuss da, 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 da. We don't ask any questions of the audience. The only conversations we want you to have is with your spouse. Yes. We okay. want you to take home what you've heard and we want to start the conversations within your own marriage. And so I think a lot of times there's just a fear, especially um, and we have heard that actually from a local preacher um, that he he did not come because he was afraid of what it might reveal about his marriage. If we go to this workshop, then people are going to think we have a bad marriage. And that's the other thing is people think that going to a marriage seminar or a marriage retreat equals we have a bad marriage because that's how we kind of viewed it within the world, right? Those are for really broken marriages. But we don't think about that like I don't go to a gospel meeting because I'm a terrible person. Right. A gospel meeting because I want to be a better Christian. Right. But, you know, obviously it's, you know, when you're talking about sex and marriage, that that's a yeah. different connotation, I guess, for some people. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on preachers for sure. And, and that's great danger for, for preachers. You're right. Of, um, you know, holding this uh, position or, or reputation. Um, and even something like this, uh, some people may look at, may look at us a certain way, but I think this is something that's absolutely necessary. Yes. 
and even you know talking to young people mm. you know the more we can do that because that's what we're trying to do yes. with our children you know then the, i think the better it will be for them um yes. let me ask you another question what is if there's any a question that you are most afraid that might be asked um i will say we're not afraid of any question being asked but there's some very specific questions we will not answer and that would be what we're doing in our bedroom. Yeah. And, and again, that's, I think, what sets our podcast apart a lot from a lot of the, even the married couple podcasts that you'll hear about marriage and sexuality. Um, there's, there's a sharing to a certain extent that we're just not willing to do. So we're going to proclaim to you the beauty of God's plan but we recognize the sacredness of what's between us. Yes. Mm. And so we will never tell you what we are or aren't doing. Mm -hmm. um, I think the, uh, in addition to that, we are very careful with what information we share about our children. Um, mm. We do have a married daughter and we have made a big point to make sure she knows and her husband knows that they are not intimate covenant poster children. <laughs> they are not the example. Um, their marriage is their own private marriage. Um, and so um, we, we don't ever want to pull our children into any of this in such a way that it puts them in the spotlight or on a pedestal that, that you know, they don't need to be on either. So, so those are the questions that we won't answer. <laughs> but other than that, it's fair game. We're really not afraid of any, any question. <laughs> other than that. So you've mentioned that you, you know, we have... You have the podcast, you have the marriage retreat. What are some other things that y'all have going on that a marriage? Yeah. yeah. So our, our, our biggest thing is um, often our marriage retreat that happens here in the Houston area, just north, north of the Houston area in the woodlands mm -hmm. happens um, the last weekend of September this year. It's September 22nd, 22nd through, through the, the 24th. 24th. <laughs> Check we always calendars. we always have to think because it's always in the 20s <laughs> and this is our fifth time to do that um we love our marriage retreat weekends it's three full days um of just relaxed time together so we we present seminars but we also give couples great time to just be together it's at a beautiful hotel it's amazing. It's a great weekend. <laughs> it yes. is a great getaway weekend for couples. Um, and we put a lot of effort into the marriage retreat. It's new information every single year. So that uh, if you've come before, you can come again. Um, and we, we just love it. And we have people come in now from all over the country, which is super exciting to see that, that mm -hmm. growing. Um, but in addition to the retreats, we also do weekend seminars where we will travel um, to different groups. Um, that is picking up and we are loving um, yeah. the, the families, the couples that we're getting to meet across the country. That's just, that's so awesome. Yeah. And those seminars are usually a day that's kind of all the information packed into one day. Yeah. So um, that that that's a big full day, but a, a, it's it's a great opportunity for us to get out and meet a lot of new people. Yeah, so that's usually like a Friday night, you know, or and a, an all day Saturday type thing. And we're we are in the process of now also taking that original eight week Bible study. We're trying to take that and turn that into an online video course. Yeah. Um, so that hopefully will be available soon. Yes, um, y'all pray for us with that yes. one. That's a big undertaking, um, but we're hopefully going to be able to be releasing that right and you, may, you mentioned covenant club that's kind of our newest venture that's a um uh, that's an online community for married couples mm -hmm. um there's different discussion forums um where you can ask questions answer questions be an encourager be a learner um, and you can be a lurker <laughs> and be a lurker you know, there's plenty of people who yes. have joined covenant club and they're not interested in commenting and that is okay sure. everyone's welcome we actually do have a way that you can anonymously post even in covenant club so um you don't have to overshare even there right um we're if, doing weekly webinar sorry monthly webinars i was gonna say weekly <laughs> <laughs> i'm not ready for that M monthly yeah. webinars where we'll do either some specific topics or or a q a or, or just engage in a conversation yeah. uh, maybe some things that have some conversations that have come up on covenant club 
we'll take that a little bit deeper in those monthly webinars. Yeah, it's just a neat way to kind of be a little bit more intimately connected to Matt and I. Um, and coming soon, we'll have extended podcast segments there, probably some video recordings as we record a podcast. So everybody can see the faces that I make at this man when he says what he says. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a neat thing. Um, and then, you know, in our local area, we do offer um, some some marriage coaching and premarital counseling um, for couples. And we've been able to do that online as well. That's true. With the yeah. couples uh, uh, all over the place. Yeah. And then of course the weekly podcast, that's probably the yeah. other, the other big thing that we're doing. Yeah. We have done some, some classes um, for singles. Um, we potentially later on this year are going to have actually a whole weekend um, um, for singles. That looks like that's in the works of being planned. So we've also been, been doing some good thing of, teaching some singles what it is that we all wish we had known yes. <laughs> and, uh, and how to view their good. sexuality in a holy way outside of the covenant of marriage. Absolutely. So, that is going to be so, so good. Mm. And I hope very profitable. So Matt and Jen, this has been so fabulous, so yes. informative for the both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we have awesome. more to talk about. That's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are good at, at stimulating conversations at the very <laughs> least. <laughs> This is, this is all good. So how can my listeners get in touch with y'all? How can they, where can they find you? Where can they pull up all the information that they can possibly find on the marriage retreats and anything else that you offer? Good. Great. Thank you yeah. for asking. Um, intimatecovenant.com is our website that that'll link you to basically everything, including upcoming events, uh, the retreat, the registration for that. It'll also get you to the podcast. Although you can find our podcast on pretty much every podcast directory that's out. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we're on social media as well. Uh, yeah. Facebook to, and Instagram. Facebook and Instagram. Okay. Uh, and if you have any questions for us, we're always happy to get questions at feedback at intimatecovenant.com. Yeah. And if you have an in, a question you want to submit anonymously, you can do that on the podcast section of our website. Um, you can fill out the form and just submit your question. You don't have to fill out your name or any contact information and send it to us that way. That is so great. Matt, Jen, and Benjamin, thank y'all so much for- It's truly our pleasure. Yes. This is really, really good. This is wonderful. So good to get to meet you guys and spend time together. Same here. Same here. All right. To my audience, thank you so much for hanging with us today. I know you're going to have fabulous questions um, maybe coming my way, but hopefully to Matt and Jen. So... (laughs) Direct to Matt and Jen. (laughs) Until next time. Thank you so much for joining me today for a little tea talk, where it's always a great time to live out, be real, be true, be you.